Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and every so often, I like to do a post on the history of the church, the Holy Land, the Bible, and or Bible prophecy, just to fill the curious mind with the who, what, when, where, why, and how Christianity got started, progressed to what we have now, and what the Bible says will happen in the future. Join me on a journey to uncover the mysteries, curiosities, and truth of God's story. His story. Pentecost, the fantastic gift of the Holy Spirit, arrived and changed the world. It happened 50 days after Jesus was crucified. Pentecost, meaning 50 in Greek. It's when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into the hearts of his disciples. What is the significance for us today? Why is the Holy Spirit a key factor to be born, a born-again Christian? What really happened that morning in Jerusalem? Let's dig in. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting in verse 1, the arrival of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of, of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as this Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, um, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya and around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But the others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, ah, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you are seeing was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus of the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, 
wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And that's Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 39. All right, what is Pentecost? Well, first remember that the Christian church has Jewish roots. The Feast of Pentecost, again Greek for 50, took place seven weeks after Passover. It's called in Hebrew Shavuot, which means weeks. Hence, it's 49 days after the Passover. Jesus was crucified on Passover as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world by the shedding of his blood. We find God's command to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest in Leviticus 23, starting in verse 15. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. The two loaves 
represented both the Jews and the Gentiles who will hear the good news of the salvation of Jesus Christ. The common language of Jerusalem in the first century was Greek. Thus, we get the word Pentecost. Before Jesus, on this day, the people brought their first fruits or harvest to the temple and they would hear the law of Moses. That was their connection to the word of God. On this Pentecost, God brought, to the, brought the word to them in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a way for believers to connect with God directly. Bustling Jerusalem. Shavuot was a pilgrimage feast. Subsequently, since all Jews had to come to Jerusalem for this festival, the city was full of Jews from all over the Mediterranean. Therefore, God gave the disciples, through the Holy Spirit, the ability to speak in the languages of the people who were there. It's a reversal of what God did at the Tower of Babel, Babel in Genesis 11. Pastor Sandy Adams explains, the wind caught their attention, but the tongues, the miracle of language, stirred their imagination at Pentecost. Disciples praised God in a variety of Mediterranean languages so that the visitors to Jerusalem recognized the church's praise in their own language. They wondered how could this be and noticed the reversal in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel. God confused the languages and scattered the people. Here, he reunites us by blessing us with the supernatural ability to speak his praise. In our rebellion, we were dispersed. In his praise, we are reunited. That is a quote from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to click on over to my blog, the link is in the show notes. You can check out his whole message on this chapter. Hearing their own language got their attention. They heard about the wonderful things God has done. They were primed to hear the gospel. The people then listened to Peter, who stepped forward and spoke in the common Greek. Peter explained what was going on by quoting the prophet Amos. This day triggered the start of the last days. I love it that he said that women would prophesy too. I personally took that calling to heart. That's why I do what I do. The power of the Holy Spirit. God created each and every one of us in his image, imago Deo. Our sinful nature corrupted that image. Through the Holy Spirit, he transforms us into an image of Jesus Christ, who of course was perfect and sinless. We can never be like that, but with the help of the Spirit, we strive to be Christ-like. That's sanctification. Plus, we get freedom. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 17, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We get confident hope and love. Romans 5, starting in chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strengths of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love.
we get spiritual truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. We are joined with Christ, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We get a down payment guarantee, Ephesians 1, 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. Remember, God keeps his promises. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Holy Spirit teaches us the truth. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. In conclusion, the big question is, do you have the Holy Spirit in your heart? Well, it's free for the asking. Jesus told us in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment. What you have to do is follow Peter's instructions and believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ. He are taking your sins away forever and he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins, that is stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to know Jesus is in the upper right-hand corner. It's also at the bottom of my blog, along with some more links on the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, the, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's from First Corinthians. The fruit of the Spirit, Spirit from Galatians. Life in the Spirit, Romans eight. Twenty-two benefits of salvation, which includes the Holy Spirit, and the seven roles of the Holy Spirit. Those are other studies I've done in the past, and I've also embedded several videos um, uh, from two messianic jewish organizations once um is from um uh chosen people and it's the giving of the law and the holy spirit she wrote and pentecost so it explains the background 
And then another one uh, from One for Israel is the Harvest of the Feasts. It's their uh, special podcast from them. Um, and then I have Pastor Tom Hughes talking about um, what happened on Pentecost in Acts 2. And the um, and two worship songs, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and promises. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thousands, stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.